Earlier today, I published over at lunduke.locals.com an article entitled The Internet Archive's Digital Lending Puts the Entire Service at Risk. Archive.org distributed copyrighted material, and it could bring the whole archive down. Uh, I'm going to read a good portion of that article to you now and have some additional commentary with it. This is a, an incredibly important topic, an incredibly important topic, because it has far-reaching ramifications, and in large part because I really love the Internet Archive. I use it regularly. It provides immense amounts of joy and usefulness and utility to so many people. I believe wholeheartedly in so much of the mission of what they're trying to accomplish. And it's it's sad to see what is happening. And I would like to read some of my analysis to you now. Uh, this is the, uh, again, the article over at lunduke.locals.com. There is right now a lawsuit going on which could have sweeping ramifications for the Internet Archive, content publishers of all kinds, and the future of digital media archives. Four book publishers, uh, Hatchet, Wiley, Penguin Random House, and HarperCollins have sued the Internet Archive over the controlled digital lending program. And as much as it may, pains me to say it, the Internet Archive is, mostly, is most likely going to lose this fight. Not because the Internet Archive is fighting the unstoppable behemoth of corporate media, but because, quite simply, the Internet Archive is wrong. And as a result of their creation of the Controlled Digital Lending CDL program, there is a very real chance that the extremely valuable and useful services of the Internet Archive may be ultimately shut down. Now, give a little background here. The Internet Archive started back in 1996 with the simple goal of archiving web pages. For multiple years, they created snapshots of absolutely massive numbers of websites, both personal and corporate, and eventually this led to the public launch of the Wayback Machine which allowed searching of how specific websites looked on specific dates in 2001. I use this constantly. Oh my gosh, the Wayback Machine is so handy for, for, for doing journalism work because you can go back to uh, forum and social media posts and what corporate websites looked like in 1999 and all sorts of stuff. You can look at the differences in articles on, posted on different dates. It's, it's amazingly useful. As the years went on, the Internet Archive dramatically expanded the type of material that they archived, including out-of-print newspapers, magazines, books, public domain music and movies, abandoned software, and more. Including, this is where it is right now, 832 billion archived web pages, 38 million printed materials, that's magazines and books and the like, 2.6 million pieces of software, 2.6 million pieces of software, 11.6 million video files, 15 million audio files, songs, recordings, speeches, all sorts of things, and 4.7 million images and counting. This is an absolutely massive amount of storage and bandwidth, not to mention the human effort putting into, put into archiving and cataloging that material. It's immense. It's a massive undertaking. In order to finance all of this, the Internet Ar Archives operates on a budget that is a tiny fraction of what other foundations bringing, bring in, uh, of that of other foundations bringing in between 20 and $30 million per year. Here's a screenshot of their uh, IRS 990 filings from 2021. It's, it's just not a lot. I mean, we're looking at, you know, uh, you know. It, high teens to, to, to 30 million per year. I mean, th th that may be a lot. It was many millions of dollars and all that, but for all those people, all the, all the, the hard drive storage, the 
bandwidth, the electricity costs, the servers, the real estate required to store all those files in, the people, the manpower necessary for scanning and verifying and uploading and tagging and metadata tagging. It, it's a lot of work. And compared to the budget uh, of some others, it's, it's, in other words, the Internet Archive, while well-funded, is not a behemoth. They don't have hundreds of millions of dollars in monetary assets like Wikimedia. Comparatively, the Internet Archive is practically on a shoestring budget. The Internet Archive requires significantly more money to run and actually keep afloat than Wikimedia does for Wikipedia. And yet, Wikipedia brings in massive amounts of more money than the Internet Archive does. I mean, the, the difference is, is extreme. Now, I'd like to talk about some legal gray area here because I think this is very important to understand. All of that, everything we just talked about is important to bear in mind when you consider that much of the content hosted by the Internet Archive is not necessarily completely 100% legal to share publicly. Now, a huge quantity of the material archived is either clearly legal to share a lot of times it's it, it's 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 in the public domain. I mean, it's just it's just ready to go. Uh, but yet, yet another large chunk of material falls distinctly into a legal gray area, straddling the line of copyright law and fair use. Uh, a lot of times you'll find that the the Internet Archive argues that much of that what they have there is provided under fair use laws and it's really really iffy there's a lot of gray area there it's just it, it's a lot of things are just very very unsettled or have conflicting laws and and third and many other archived items such as some software from the 1980s is technically under copyright and legally, legally should not be distributed. Not at all. There's no, there's no gray area there. But because of the fact that nobody is earning revenue from those older pieces of software, nobody objects to their availability on the Internet Archive, at least not, not usually. Now, I want to be clear about this. I love the services that the Internet Archive provides, and I think it has immense value to me personally, to society, to the industry, to everything, including a lot of the software that maybe shouldn't legally be allowed to be distributed there. Now, here's the thing. Could the Internet Archive be sued out of existence? Should enough copyright holders challenge the archiving and availability of some of those works? Yes, you bet. That is absolutely 100% without question a very real possibility. But thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. Now, this is thanks in large part to much, so much material being in that gray area of legality combined with other material simply not being currently profitable for any copyright holder. In a way, it's sort of a stalemate. The Internet Archive continues to publish and distribute copyrighted works, and the copyright holders allow it because most of those works tend to be non-profitable or out of print, or the copyright holder just thinks it's a good idea to have it out there. Then, in 2011, the Internet Archive began down a road that was destined to get them into legal trouble. <laughs> There was no way around it. It was obviously, from the start, going to get them into legal trouble. Enter controlled digital lending. Now, the idea of controlled digital lending, or CDL, is simple. Take a physical book, scan it to create a digital version, then allow people to download that digital book. Simple, right? 
Now, we are just talking about extremely old, out-of-copyright texts here. Many of the books being scanned and distributed by the Internet Archive are currently being printed and sold right now with authors and publishers who still retain the copyright on them. <laughs> Actively, right? And this isn't simply a handful of copyrighted books either. 3.6 million books still under copyright are distributed digitally by the Internet Archive. 3.6 million under copyright. Now, to help illustrate the problem here, imagine the following scenario. You, you personally, Dave, Phil, Margaret, whatever your name is, you go out and buy a DVD or a Blu-ray of Marvel's Avengers, The Infinity War, right? You bring it on home, you watch it and you enjoy it. But then you think to yourself, gee, I'm going to rip that DVD and turn it in and encode it into a digital file, like an MP4 file. I'm then going to put up a website that offers anyone who wants to watch it to download it from me directly. Now, now, let's say you do that. Let's say you go nuts and do that. What do you think Disney or Marvel would have to say about that? Do you think you'd, you'd get into a little bit of legal trouble? You bet your tokus you'd get into some trouble. Oh my goodness, the amount of people who have had the hammer brought down on them for doing things along these lines is off the charts. The, the legal... The legality of all this has been tested and tested and tested like a billion times now. If you purchase a physical work such as a book or a movie or music or what have you, that simply does not give you the right under the law to make a digital copy and distribute it to others. That right there is piracy. It is the very definition of piracy. And every adult knows that is going to get you into a lot of hot water. That is just going to happen, right? Now, no, 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 no. Here, this is a very important point. You're going to get into that trouble even if you stated as the Internet Archive has, that you only allow as many people to download the digital file as you have physical copies. That is irrelevant. You'd still get into trouble. Now, here's here's the thing. Here's I, I want to take a little aside for a moment. The Internet Archives in their CDL system utilizes a, a form of DRM, which in theory would allow the Internet Archive to restrict the number of people that check out that book to the number of copies that they have inside and physically stored at the Internet Archive, right? So in theory, they've implemented that sort of a system, though that, that changed in a moment, which we'll get to. But here's the problem. Even if that system is impenetrable, which it's not, it's super easy to circumvent, like super duper crazy easy to circumvent. And just just for full full disclosure here, I was on the team that implemented Microsoft's first implementation of their DRM system back some 20 plus years ago. Uh, it was not a great job. I did not stay working on that team for very long. But I, I, my, my knowledge around how these DRM systems works is fairly extreme. In fact, part of my job was breaking DRM systems. That was part of my job was to find creative ways to work around DRM systems. The, the DRM system that the Internet Archive utilizes is extremely easy to work around in multiple ways. But that's irrelevant. Even if it's rock solid, 
the Internet Archive legally does not have the rights to distribute digital copies of physical works that someone else owns the copyright on. They simply can't do that. It doesn't matter. It, the, the fact that the Internet Archive does not have permission from those authors. They do not go out seeking permission. They just, they are obviously going to get into legal trouble. Put aside what you think should the law be and focus on what the law is, because that's what's going to determine what's going to happen here. And the law is that the Internet Archive is really, really, really doing something stupid if they don't want to get sued from here to kingdom come. Now, this was quite possibly the biggest example of poking the beehive with a stick I've seen in a long, long time. The folks running the Internet Archive had to know from day one that this was going to get them sued. There's no way. There's no way a smart person and the Internet Archive is filled with smart people. I've talked to many of them. Super smart. Smart, well-intentioned. I, I got to give them the, a big thumbs up. I'm a big, big fan of what they've created, and they've worked hard to create the Internet Archive. It's amazing. They had to know this was going to come, which means they wanted it to come. And I think maybe they wanted it to come because they wanted to pick this fight because they thought they could win it. They, they're not winning it is the problem. <laughs> All right. All right. So then, then the Internet Archive took this problem they created and made it so much worse. On March 24th in 2020, the Internet Archive launched the National Emergency Library. This program was launched in response to the lockdowns during the COVID pandemic with the stated goal of providing digital copies of books to people who could not get to a library. Okay, that's a that's a reasonable that's like that's doing something thoughtful. Clearly the Internet Archive was doing something that they thought was good, right? Okay. It was, in essence, the controlled digital lending system, the one we just talked about, but without the need to wait for your turn to read a book. You want a book? Grab it for free. It's yours right now. No wait. The, the author or copyright holder doesn't get paid for it and doesn't even need to know it's happening. Yeah. They basically created a gigantic book pirating website. The restrictions, the restrictions as vague and difficult to enforce as they already were that, that, that existed within the controlled digital lending system were gone. They were gone. And the publishers were obviously not happy. So let's talk about the inevitable lawsuit, because obviously a lawsuit was always going to happen and it came and it was exactly like literally exactly what you would expect it to be. If you just described what the Internet Archive was doing, you would say, well, here's how you're going to get sued and here's how you're going to lose. Ta-da! Here we go. In 2020, four publishers, Hatchet, Wiley, Penguin Random House and HarperCollins came together to file Hatchet versus the Internet Archive alleging that over 33,000 different titles of theirs were being distributed without their permission by the Internet Archive, right? And this claim was easy to prove with a simple search on the Internet Archive's website, complete with details on the number of people who downloaded each book. 
<laughs> the Internet Archive said, said here, here's a, here's a searchable index of all the ways we're violating your copyright. And and you can easily sue us. And here's the numbers that you need in order to easily calculate damages. We won't even argue about it because we're going to present you with the numbers. Oh, my word. The end result? The publishers claimed hundreds of millions of dollars in damages. Obviously, they did. They were obviously going to do that. Now, which, again, the Internet Archive had to know was coming. It was simply too obvious. They built a website that in essence stated we pirated your books and distributed them to exactly this number of people without your permission. On March 26th of 2023, earlier this year, the judge in this case, Judge John C. Uh, Coltel of the U.S. District Court in Manhattan handed down his judgment, and it was exactly, like, exactly what you would expect. Here's, here's, a, here's a little snippet from the judgment that was handed down against the Internet Archive. Uh, at bottom, the Internet Archive's fair use defense. Again, remember how I said the Internet Archive likes to claim fair use. They use fair use everywhere, and sometimes it applies, but sometimes it really doesn't apply. Oh, oh my gosh. At bottom, the Internet Archive's fair use defense rests on the notion that lawfully acquiring a copyrighted print book entitles the recipient to make unauthorized copies and distribute it in place of the print book so long as it does not simultaneously lend the print book. But no case or legal principle supports that notion. Every authority points the other direction. Exactly. That is exactly, obviously the case. This was a judgment that was destined from the moment the Internet Archive started the controlled digital lending system that, that, that it started. This was destined to come to pass. Just because you buy a book, you don't, under the current laws, have the rights to take copyrighted material, copy it, and distribute it however you wish. The law is both clear and well understood by just about everyone. Now, maybe maybe you or the Internet Archive or even me feels that the law should be different. Okay. That's not what's at issue here. What's at issue is that the Internet Archive operates under the law as it is today. If they want to change it, they have to successfully find a way to change it. And they aren't doing that. So, so how has the Internet Archive responded? Well, they've responded in just an entirely bizarre way. It's so weird. I have to, I have to read it here. And again, I want to be very clear about it here. I'm going to read some quotes from, from, from Brewster Kale, who is the, the founder of the Internet Archive. Um, I have mad respect for Brewster. I, uh, I have mad respect for the Internet Archive. I'm a big fan, but these statements are crazy. On December 15th, 2023, the Internet Archive, being represented in part by the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, filed a brief in their appeal of that judgment, the judgment we just read. Of that appeal, the founder of the Internet Archive, Brewster Kale, made the following statement, quote, Why should everyone care about this lawsuit? Because it is about preserving the integrity of our published record, where the great books of our past meet the demands of our digital future. It is not merely an individual struggle. It is a collective endeavor for society and democracy struggling with our digital transition. We need to secure access to the historical record. We need every tool that libraries have given us over the centuries to combat the manipulation and misinformation that has now become even easier. End quote. What the fart? 
they are they, they literally <laughs> they literally are declaring that the Internet Archive is fighting for democracy and against misinformation. Now, I love democracy. I don't like false stuff. But that has nothing to do with these copyright issues. <laughs> what are they even talking about? They made a statement about an entirely different thing that is unrelated and that the Internet Archive is not fighting for at all. There's nothing to do with democracy here. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What is the Internet Archive thinking? Okay, uh, they followed up with this, this additional statement. The stakes of the lower court's decision are high. Publishers coordinated by the AAP, the Association of American Publishers, have removed hundreds of thousands of books from controlled digital lending. The publishers have taken more than 500 banned books from our lending library, such as 1984, The Color Purple, and Mouse. This is a devastating loss for digital learners everywhere. End quote. Okay, before my brain explodes, I'm going to read a little bit of a statement that I, I, I wrote here. The statement that, quote, publishers have taken more than 500 banned books from the, our lending library is more than a little misleading. Not only are the books listed, like 1984 or Mouse, which are both great books, love those books. Not only are those books listed readily available in libraries and bookstores across the whole country, but they were not removed from the Internet Archive's controlled digital lending system because they were banned or objectionable in some way. Those books, along with many, many others, are under copyright. And the Internet Archive violated that copyright by copying the books and distributing digital files without consent of the publisher or the author. The Internet Archive seems to be attempting to suggest that there are some sort of anti-book activists trying to ban books from the Internet Archive, when the real truth is authors and publishers are making the case that the Internet Archive is stealing their property and giving it to others in exchange for donations. No activists or book banning involved at all. Not at all. This is this is this is absolutely an insane an insane statement to be making. I am against banning books. I'm not a big book burning guy. I th I think books should be archived and preserved for all time and eternity. All books, even ones I don't like. I mean, these books that they listed here, 1984 and Mouse, are like among my favorite books. Like if I if I were to create a, a big old bookshelf of books that people should read, 1984 and Mouse would be on there. But that this is that is irrelevant to what is happening. And in fact, the statement from the Internet Archive does not actually address at all the core issue within the lawsuit. Instead, it makes a number of unrelated statements that appear designed to cause fear around some sort of non-existent war on libraries. Uh, it's, uh, um, here, here we go. The, uh, this, this odd closing line. This is a, this is again from the, the Internet Archive statement that they just released a couple days ago about their appeal of the decision. Uh, this is this is this one of the closing lines. Quote: In the face of challenges to truth, libraries are more vital than ever. End quote. What? This is truly bizarre. It's it's like it's like we're in some sort of alternate dimension negative zone. Uh, when you consider the fact that the Internet Archive is not representing the Libraries America in this case, they're not. 
This has nothing to do with, this has to do with the Internet Archive, not with libraries. Many libraries, many libraries across the country offer digital lending services that they negotiate with publishers, either individually or in, in collective groups. What the Internet Archive is doing here is not for libraries. It's for the Internet Archive. You can get a lot of the books that they that they are complaining about having removed from their system in digital lending systems in many, many, many libraries because the publishers want people to be able to read them. <laughs> but they do. But those libraries did so legally, oftentimes on the super cheap. But they have to work with the publishers to do this because the publishers or the authors or whoever owns the copyright owns the copyright. The Internet Archive went around that and said, we don't care about the copyright because they, they put all the books in there regardless of who owns the copyright. It's, it's insanity. It's insanity. And their statement about it focuses on, yeah, you know, I like libraries, too. Are libraries vital? Yes, I love libraries. I go to the library regularly. Me and my kids, I've got three kids. We go to the library every single week. I love the library. We support libraries. We donate to libraries. We love libraries. This has nothing to do with libraries. They want The Internet Archive wants us to think it does, but it doesn't. And again, huge fan of the Internet Archive. They're just simply crazy wrong about this, and it's in and almost almost in almost a bizarro land way. Now, okay, let's talk practically for a second. What exactly happens now? So a judge has ruled on the case, and they've ruled against the Internet Archive. The Internet Archive has filed an appeal with the EFF, right? That carries a little weight. But what happens next? What really, what real practical impact will all of this have on the Internet Archive, on digital media, on libraries, and, and all these sorts of things? What is the real impact going to be? Okay, well, here's, here's my thoughts on this, on what the real impact looks like. Number one, there is no reason to believe that the first judge's decision earlier this year will be reversed on appeal. It's likely going to be upheld. Copyright law is pretty well established and tested at this point. And the Internet Archive was clearly in the wrong from a legal perspective. Even if you, I, or a bunch of other people think that the Internet Archive should be able to do what they were doing, legally, no. So they need to get the law changed if they don't want to be breaking the law, right? Uh, so that's, that's one thing. Number two, the more the Internet Archive spends on failed lawsuits like this one and programs that cause them to get them sued, right? So they're spending money on the CDL program and then they're spending money fighting lawsuits about the CDL program. That means that they have less money to run the rest of their programs, such as the Wayback Machine. And as we already talked about earlier in this article, they don't have a ton of money to spare, they have a little bit of money to spare, but not a lot. A couple million dollars goes away real fast. Number three, every lawsuit that they lose, this is really important, that deals with illegal copying and distribution of copyrighted materials is going to increase the odds of more lawsuits being filed against them. The Internet Archive is, in effect, opening the floodgates of potential lawsuits across the spectrum of archived material, including music, software, and more. 
I love being able to look through the software library in the Internet Archive. The amount of amazing software that they have archived from retro and, and, and less than modern computing systems is fantastic. However, a great deal of it is of dubious legality and some of it just outright has copyrights by companies that are still in business. As the Internet Archive loses very publicly these lawsuits and as damages are awarded to the plaintiffs, the Internet Archive is going to have a harder and harder and harder time because more lawsuits are going to be filed and all they got to do is reference the already successful lawsuits against the Internet Archive. This is just going to snowball out of control. And that ain't good for, A, the content remaining on, the, on archive.org, because it's going to have to get taken down. It's just gonna, whether you want it to or not, whether I want it to or not. And number two, they're just going to run out of money. And number four, because the controlled digital lending program is part of the Internet Archive, the entire organization is liable for any damages. And quite frankly, they don't have the money to spare to afford those damages. They spun up a program which was going to inevitably 100% going to get them sued and there were there was almost zero chance of them winning that lawsuit and they spun it up as part of their main organization <laughs> their main foundation has it right inside of it which means the whole organization is liable for those damages they didn't spin it off as a separate like like llc or a separate you know you know class c company no no no, no. They, they didn't they didn't protect themselves legally what were they thinking holy heavens was nobody on their board sitting around going um let's take a few minutes Let's file some paperwork and let's spin this, the, 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 the controlled digital lending thing off as a separate initiative. That way, if it gets sued out of existence, because it's gonna, it doesn't take the entire Internet Archive down with it. Not one person said that. These are smart people. Do they really not? Oh, my gosh. Holy heavens. I'm going to say this flat out. Internet Archive. I love the work you do. Next time you guys think about doing something, email me and ask me if it's going to blow up in your face and take your whole organization down. I'll let you know or not, because it'll take me five seconds to figure it out. Heavens to Betsy. Number five, none of this, <laughs> this is important here, will have much of any impact on libraries. No matter what the Internet Archive says in their statements, this has no impact on libraries. Libraries have a variety of digital ledging systems in place, a whole bunch of them, working with a huge number of publishers. Those are all still going to exist because they did them all legally. <laughs> this is only going to impact archive.org. This is only going to impact the Internet Archive. And and if, if, li if any libraries are working with Internet Archive or using their system, they're just going to switch to one of the other many, many digital lending systems that exist for video, audio, music, gaming, books, all sorts of digital stuff. The libraries have so many digital lending systems. 
and some of them aren't very sophisticated at all, but the publishers have still agreed to allow the libraries to use them, so they're legal. Now, now, all of that is fairly obvious to any outside observer. Even someone who is a big fan of the Internet Archive, as I am, can see how the current course being followed will lead to some significant negative outcomes. Now, worst case scenario. What's the worst case scenario here? Well, worst case scenario, the Internet Archive, including the Wayback Machine, and the entire inter archive of software, music, and other cultural items will be forced to shut down due to legal liabilities and legal defense costs from years of copyright infringement. Uh, also, other people, foundations, and companies interested in archiving culturally significant material will be increasingly hesitant to do so, because they don't want to get sued out of existence either. Which means if the Internet Archive goes away, anyone who would think, I'm going to take their place, is going gonna, is gonna to think twice about doing so, because it's going to be legally scary. And obtaining public and historical material after all of that, is going to be significantly harder going forward. So the irony here is the Internet Archive's actions, which seemingly on the face are there to preserve historical and public domain and just valuable cultural material, will result in making it harder to get that material going forward. And all of this is because of the controlled digital lending program. The Internet Archive simply pushed it too far. They went far beyond those legal gray areas that they previously operated in. And there are a lot of gray areas that could have got them in trouble. But they, 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 they flew too close to the sun on this one. They just did. They said instead of flying close to the sun... Like they, like they were doing, they just, they just dive bombed the sun. <laughs> like they were, this was obviously going to go horrible. And if any of those items actually come to pass, that would be truly a shame. That, that would be terrible, terrible. The Internet Archive provides a valuable service for the world and one which I both personally and professionally use regularly every week. It's amazing. And the question is, how likely do I think that worst case scenario is? The unfortunate answer is pretty gosh darn likely, in large part because the Internet Archive seems, to, seems determined from day one to make that happen. Look at how they're approaching their defense right now. Their appeal of pirating copyrighted books. Now, we, you may say, but it, it was for a good cause, blah, blah, blah. They still technically did it. And they, they proudly did it. <laughs> Their appeal of, of the judge ruling against them is that they're fighting for democracy in libraries, that, which the, it has nothing to do with the legal, the legal ruling against them. So how on earth are they going to succeed here when their response doesn't even have anything to do with the court case at all? This is a, this is a really big one. This is a really big one. It's going to be terribly, terribly sad if if this goes the way I think it's going to go. But uh, the worst case scenario, I think, is at least fairly possible. It's likely, in fact. I, I oh, I'm not 100. percent There's a chance things will go well. There's a chance that you know maybe they'll win on appeal. <laughs> 
maybe they'll get a judge who is like, but I love libraries. I say you're not guilty. <laughs> I'm, I guess maybe, but that, I don't think that's very likely. Oh, Internet Archive, what are you folks doing? What are you doing? You, you screwed it up. You, you built something beautiful. You built something amazing. I mean, you built the digital library of Alexandria, walked inside of it, sprayed it with gasoline, and lit it on fire yourself. How weird is that? Right? I mean, this isn't... Because I, do I blame publishers for suing the Internet Archive? No. I don't. They have to protect their copyright from everyone... Otherwise, it sets a precedent for not protecting the copyright. They have to protect their books. The authors of those books deserve to protect their books. So, of course, they had to sue the Internet Archive because the Internet Archive was so flagrant about it. They just rubbed it in the publishers' faces. They weren't content to operate in the gray areas they had. They rubbed it in their faces and the, until the publishers were like, well, darn it. Now we have to sue them just so that we don't lose legal standing elsewhere. And now the Internet Archive is like, but, but, but democracy, guys. If you don't sue us, we won't have democracy anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes, none of this makes any sense. So in 2024... We're going to see more stuff come down the line on this. Uh, I think we'll see another judgment against the Internet Archive. I think we'll see more people filing suits against the Internet Archive, not just for books now, but for video, audio, and software. I think it's, it's going to come to pass. Uh, there, there's, if you spend enough time looking through the video game section... There, there are modern video games you can get on the Internet Archive. Modern ones. I mean, I mean, ones that you can buy currently on Steam, but they're available on the Internet Archive. This is real. I mean, go look around. I mean, there's just so much that they are in either potential or flagrant copyright violation on. And they've, they've poked the hornet's nest and poked the bee. And they, they, they went up to the bear while it was sleeping and, and, and kicked it in the stomach and ran. Of course people are going to sue them. More and more. I mean, it's going to happen. And they're not going to be able to pay for the, the total damages. Because if you start adding things up and you start adding up you know, how many people have downloaded these copyrighted works. There's no way the Internet Archive can afford the damages that people are going to be awarded by judges. There's just no way. Which means the Internet Archive is going to have to shut down. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, that's that's what's happening, though. Um, if you want to read the article version of this, go over to lunduke.locals.com. Along with all the other articles I put up there, if you go to lunduke.com, you can get all the links for everything in the Lunduke Journal world. Uh, there's various sites. There's RSS feeds for the podcasts. There's there's uh, links to where you can get these videos over on Rumble or on Locals or anywhere you want. Uh, go check it out. Grab a subscription to lunduke.locals.com. It helps support the, the work that I do. And a uh, big thank you to everyone who currently supports us. You are amazing. You make all this possible. 
with no big tech influence, no advertisements, no nothing. It's just, it's just you and me, baby, talking about the real deal and the real technology and doing some actual real tech journalism. So thank you. Thank you for making it all possible. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, nerds and nerdettes, I do declare, end broadcast.